0: She began to shout at Terry, who was, perhaps, the only person with an excuse to be taking pictures, but then turned and caught sight of the girl on the floor, whose gaudy face covering had slipped a few inches, revealing colours more disturbing. The young politician fell suddenly silent, then collapsed in racking sobs. The photographer put an arm round her and ushered Riley towards a set of fixed benches on the other side of the escalator music still played from somewhere, metallic and faint. Rex stayed where he was. He recognised the words on the girl's T-shirt. Kurdish, the northern dialect called Comanji, which was written in Roman script. And, today, a blustery spring Friday was the 21st of March, otherwise known as Newroz. Spring New Year across a swathe of the planet, from eastern Turkey to Tajikistan, and in this region of North London, a giant holi for the Kurdish community. Shopping City and the streets around it were full of Kurds, stocking up for a weekend of parties and, perhaps, if the weather brightened, picnics. That was why Eve Riley had picked the day for her precinct tour. Was it why this tall, slim girl had picked a day too? He spotted something on the floor by her left hand. He wondered if she had been holding it. He went as close as he dared to her body, trying to ignore the warmth it gave off. It was a little brooch of coloured enamels in the shape of a peacock. The sight reminded him ridiculously that he had an appointment with a man called Pocock, a council planning officer, that afternoon. As the first wave of high-vis vested authority began to stream into the building with commands and crackling handsets, he remembered all the other things required of him. There was some Greek doctor who wanted to talk to him about the Cypriot community. His editor had an urgent top-secret issue that she would only broach with him in a 15-minute window in a coffee bar in the early evening. In between, articles to finish, web pages to update a shoe to be rehealed, pills to be swallowed. He suddenly felt anger towards the girl on the floor for screwing up his day with her extreme protest. Then he looked back at her pretty peacock brooch on the floor and felt sorry. He had an idea he'd seen something like it before. On whom? A girl? A colleague? His wife? He found it hard to think about Sybil. Soon he knew he would need to. He pushed the thought aside and looked around. Shopping City was a two-headed retail leviathan laying a turd, as one architectural historian had once put it, that became the A105. The section of the mall they stood in was quieter and emptier. There were probably no more than fifteen people standing around. They nonetheless conformed to the rules of all disaster crowds. There were those who hurried away at the first intimation of something horrid and those who rushed towards it, often nowadays with their phone cameras on record. A third, larger group consisted of people who felt it was their duty to hang around at a safe distance. Most of these had collected in the corridor behind the escalator, staring at the blinking, beckoning poker machines in the bookmakers Uncomfortable yet unable to leave. They needed to be told to go. Soon, the police would either start doing this or else keep everyone inside to take statements. Rex wasn't sure which. In the years he'd spent tracking the vital signs of the borough, he'd witnessed hostage takings, balcony jumps, many ugly endings. He had never seen anything like this. He moved towards Eve Riley, who had been surrounded by her own protective cordon. It consisted of Gil Agnew, the departing member, moist, wheezing, a drinker approaching the true last orders, along with the broad, benevolent-looking local party chairman and a chilly, priestly-looking figure from Millbank. Rex had shaken all of their hands, damp, rough, claw-like, respectively, at the start of the tour. Now they edged away from him, closer to their prize girl, as if he sought to do her harm.